Hello and welcome back to the Bigger Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Zhao, and today I have Coach Davis here with me. What's up? How are you doing, man? Hey, what's good? How are you doing? I'm good myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming to the pod. So let's get straight into it. So you are a life coach, right? Yes, sir. So what is life coaching? Uh, Honestly, I can't even give an answer for real to that. I always say, like, life coaching is just, like, being able to take an accountability on yourself and reflect about your experiences Uh and then how do you create knowledge and wisdom out of it Mm. and so for me when i say i'm a life coach it's not necessarily because i chose it it's because it chose me in a sense and so i always Mm. say i did my undergrad at michigan state university and while i was there i was just trying to you know make ends meet in terms of working jobs and so a lot of that Mm. was summer programs for me and working with incoming first-year students high school students and so after a while when those students started to come to Michigan State they would reach out to me during the actual academic school year and I realized in my upperclassmen years it was like oh okay like a lot of people are coming to me and they're taking my words very seriously Mm. to help them figure out whatever problems they have in life Mm. and so after a while I kind of just started being intentional about it Mm -hmm. and I realized that I enjoyed it it was something that I would get lost in having conversations or going to support my mentees or my friends. And after a while, it was just kind of like I realized I was more into, like, coaching and mentorship than my actual major. And from there, I was like, well, I'm not really enjoying business. I was a hospitality business major. Mm. It wasn't that I didn't enjoy it. It was that I didn't want to commit to it for the rest of my life because I said, you know, a lot of this is very, it's very straining on the body, Mm -hmm. like working weekends, late nights, But for me, mentorship or coaching, in a sense, it was, like, fulfilling, and I felt like I was being poured into Mm -hmm. because I also learned from my mentees just as much as they learned from me. Mm -hmm. And so life coaching to me is being able to, like, find that reciprocity between me being able to learn something new from someone else who I'm engaging with, Mm -hmm. but then being able to save someone else from the same mistakes that I had. And so I just took a chance and followed my gifting And from there, like, I see I have a purpose and I see that students are still coming to me Mm -hmm. and I'm fulfilled in the roles that I'm doing because I feel like I'm stepping into spaces now where I'm able to make a difference and show my value. Mm -hmm. So so how did it start? You you mentioned how people would start coming to me. Was there a point that everything began? Did you, like, mentor your friend and then people start recommending you to other people or? Yeah, unintentionally, I think, so my first program that I worked was a program that I attended, so I attended the Summer Business Institute in 2014, and then I returned to working in 2015. Yeah. But I'll say I really didn't start seeing people come into me for, like, mentorship until I started working other programs in Mm -hmm. 2017, I would want to say that was the summer. I had worked, like, five different programs, and so... Socially, I knew the underclassmen who were coming to campus because I was then going into my third year of my junior year. And mm-hmm. so from there, students who were in my actual like groups that were assigned to me would reach out to me or students who weren't in my groups, but just a part of the program, they needed help. And they felt like they could relate to me or they wanted to talk to me. And so naturally, I was just having a conversation. They became my friends. And then I want to say around 2019, Right upon when I was about to graduate in the fall semester of 2019, I started being more intentional. Mm-hmm. I had started creating my own programming and my mm-hmm. own curriculum mm-hmm. in my own school called the Leadership Academy of Champions. And so from like there, really? that's when I started being intentional about like 
okay, people want knowledge from me and they're coming to me. Mm-hmm. Let me be intentional about how I'm putting it together and how I can best serve people. Mm. So it's basically like at the start you were just talking to people and then people f- felt that they trusted you. Yeah. And then they began coming to you. Right. All right. So what do you typically <coughs> help people with, with life coaching and things like that? It could be it. I've done a lot of things um, on a on like a spectrum, but I'll say like a lot of the times I've been helping men of color or specifically black males, and a lot of that is self identity or mm-hmm. relationships, mm-hmm. and so not even like intimate relationships with like a significant other, but mm-hmm. a relationship with themselves, and so. Mm-hmm. Some of my students, they used to be former athletes. Mm-hmm. And from there, sometimes it gets misconstrued that when they get to college and they're not playing ball on the collegiate level, they feel like they have no purpose. But that's not true at all. Really what it is is that they are now realizing they have a gifting in athleticism and they have to figure out what is their actual purpose. <clears throat> and so for me, like what it actually looks like, what I help people with is helping to redefine who they are when I get to these young adulthood years, because college, for those who choose to invest in it, it's a great way to just experiment, like, what type of lifestyle you want to la- what type of lifestyle you want to have? Mm. How much does your life cost that you want to live? And so, like, do you prefer living in apartments versus the dorm rooms? Do you prefer being near family and friends, or do you want to go out of state? Um, financial aid is like the IRS. Study abroad, I mean, before COVID, was like, oh, you know, do I enjoy traveling or what type of environments do I like to live in? And so Mm -hmm. I've helped students just kind of find any spectrum from, like, actually defining who they are and what they believe they're meant to do here Mm -hmm. on this earth and then also just, like, figuring out how to just navigate daily problems, Mm -hmm. just anything, though, for real. So when you say finding the purpose of life, how do you define purpose? What are we searching for? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because... This could be, because talking about finding our purpose is very vague. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. What do you mean by purpose? Is it what we achieve? Is it what we do? Or is it a set of values? Or what is it? Yeah, purpose for me, I mean, everyone defines it differently. But for me, it's like finding meaning in life. And mm-hmm. so when you're trying to figure out what is your meaning in life, it comes with a couple of different things. So mm-hmm. what do I like to do? What do I have a passion for? What do I feel like my mission is? And then also, what does the world need? Mm -hmm. And so for me, purpose does not always have to come with financial gain. Mm -hmm. And it can. It very much can. But for me, starting out, I'm not looking for financial gain. And so it's like, I don't mind setting aside 30 minutes to an hour to talk to a student who reaches out to me. There's no financial gain in that for me, but it's fulfilling for me. It's part of my meaning in life. Mm -hmm. But also, when you're discovering your purpose... It's really an introspective conversation that you have to have with yourself, Mm -hmm. and you have to be vulnerable, transparent, and you also have to have humility with yourself Mm -hmm. to accept both your strengths and also the areas that you don't necessarily like about yourself. Mm -hmm. And so when you're trying to figure out what's your purpose, that's only something someone can define for themselves. I always Mm -hmm. tell my mentees or my friends, I can't define define purpose for you, Mm -hmm. but what I can do is I can be a lighthouse and I can light up the pathway that might lead you to it. And if it doesn't work, lighthouses rotate. And we can always go and find another path. But at the end of the day, it's going to be up for them to take that path. And so the other facet to purpose is your purpose can change in life. It's, mm-hmm. like, a, it's like a chair. 
the purpose of a chair is to hold up whoever or whatever is placed in it. Mm-hmm. But some chairs, let's say if it's wooden and it came from a tree, that tree was also a per- was given the purpose to give oxygen, to give shade, to give life into our environment. And so mm-hmm. there's many different aspects to purpose. But for me, it's what is my meaning in life? And the reason why I go by Coach Davis is because, one, my father was a coach and my mom was a life speaker or is a life speaker. Um, and so for me, it's kind of like naturally ingrained in my like ingrained in my family blood. But also I love sports. And so I feel like a lot of people can understand sports language. And so we have seasons in our life. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, it's like your, your next season might be different than your current one. So your purpose might look different or how you might serve your purpose. Mm-hmm. So there's many things that come to it. So when our purposes change, how do we notice them? How do we change accordingly? You just kind of, you have to kind of give yourself an ability to adapt. Mm -hmm. And so that's really taking time to say, what situation are you in? What season of life? So if you have a lot of consistent change or transitions in your life, Mm -hmm. you just kind of have to take a moment to sit still and figure out where are you at in your life? Mm -hmm. Um, There is, what is the scripture? Ecclesiastics, and I I know I didn't say that right, but I want to say it's three... Three, one to eight is like there's a seat, there's a time for every season. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, sometimes you're in a season of harvest, sometimes you're in a season of planting. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to figure out for yourself what season you're in. And so, for me right now in my individual life, I'm in a season of learning and education because I'm here. Well, I'm going back to Texas for my school master's degree at Texas AM. I'm educating myself so that I have the skills and the resources to further help college students. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I'm not necessarily as active as I normally would within my own Leadership Academy at Champions Mm -hmm. or just mentorship in general. Like Mm -hmm. I'm investing pouring into myself because I see a game in my future where I need to be ready to help whoever I need to come across. Mm -hmm. But in order for me to get there, right now I'm in an off season. So I'm taking the chance to rest, recharge, Get the knowledge that I can from my masters so that when I walk into my next preseason, I'm ready to gear up for my next season and then I'm ready to take the take the dub for real. Mm, no, that makes a lot of sense. And so you said that your purpose might change, right? Yeah. If your purpose is changing, so say if you have your purpose right now and you set do you set goals? Do you set long term yeah. goals? things that but what if your purpose changed next year do you change your set of goals and things like that you definitely make adjustments and so for me just going back to like where it all began so being a first generation college student I thought I was going to graduate in four years it didn't happen and so with that I had to adjust for my personal self and it wasn't necessarily my purpose but my purpose at Michigan State was to graduate And so when you are a first generation college student and you're trying to figure all these things out for yourself and then, you know, you get to your fourth year and you're like, dang, like, I'm not about to graduate. Like, I have to really figure out what I'm about to do because I did not only graduate in four years, I did five and a half. Mm -hmm. So that fifth year, I even knew that I wasn't going to graduate. And I was like, dang, I got to tell my family again that I'm not graduating. Wait, why not? So for me, it wasn't necessarily, I wasn't trying. It was for me, I just couldn't grasp the education that my specific professors were giving me in certain classes. And Mm -hmm. so 
I failed classes numerous times in terms of like, there was a computer science engineering, I failed that one time and I had to retake the course. Mm -hmm. But mainly for me, I struggled with accounting. And as a business major, you need accounting to pass. And Mm -hmm. so for me, I have failed, I wanna say accounting two times. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time, the first time, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't really try Mm -hmm. because I was discouraged from the amount of people who were in there being successful and then it was like, why can't I find that success? Mm-hmm. The second time I knew what was going on, I kind of had a grasp on the information. I used my professor. I did not use my TA, and I did not pass. And so the third time, though, the third time was like, okay, one, we running out of re- repeat credits, and then from here it was like, we just need a one point. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I had the conversation with myself that I was not going to let this class define me as an individual. Mm -hmm. And then additionally, people don't really talk about grades after college. It's not about the GPA for some things. Mm -hmm. Some things it is. But for me, I had a conversation with myself to say, all right, Lamont, like we are not about to let this class define us. We're going to get in and out with a one point. That doesn't mean I was strictly doing my work to the lowest of my ability It just meant I knew all I needed was a one point to get out and pass to move forward to the next level of classes. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like I worked worked hard that semester. And then for CSC, I worked hard that summertime. Mm -hmm. And when I finally took these courses and I passed them, CSC I passed with a one point. Accounting, I think I passed with a one five. Did my GPA take a tank? It did. But for me, I felt fulfilled because it was like, I had to coach myself in that moment to not let a course define me and who I am mm-hmm. because I knew the impact that I was having outside of that course. So when we go back to me graduating five and a half years, I had to have another conversation with myself to say, all right, Lamont, like all your friends have graduated except for one, my um, bro Sharif, we were, we were out there together. And to me, I had to really think like, what do we got to do to secure this fall that we're graduating? Because it does add up with money and stuff. And personally, mm-hmm. I didn't want that debt to continue. So I got in and I literally did what I needed to do. I didn't do anything else. I went to class, did my homework. I went to work. And then when I wasn't studying, I was finding something to do to recharge. Those were the only things I did. I didn't go to football games that fall semester. I didn't really go to no parties because I had experienced that already. So for me, it was like, okay, this is about me. My friends have graduated. My mentees are going to graduate at some point because they're going to be in their upperclassmen years. But I had to do it for myself. This wasn't for my family or anything. Mm -hmm. And so that's how for me, like, I just had to really define for myself what is best for me, my purpose, and then moving forward for my future that I want. Mm, That's a pretty powerful start. So what I can take from it is, um, first, you have to not let failure define you. Correct. Right. And second, you talked about how you have to make sacrifices and prioritize. Right. And sort of and and third is building the self relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are those are three great topics. Let's sort of go into what let's go into one by one. So first self relationship. How do you develop the relationship with yourself? And and what do you mean by the self relation? Yeah, ooh, this is a sensitive topic, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's one that everyone needs, and it's one that I have conversations with my male mentees, especially because 
When you look at your relationship with yourself, there's a lot of things that go into it from nature versus nurture, like who are your role models and who do you look up to and like who are your mentors in a sense mm-hmm. or what environments are you putting into yourself? And then also it's all mm-hmm. about who do you want to be and what's at the core of that is what do you value? And so I know you mm-hmm. had asked it earlier, like do values go into having your purpose? Mm-hmm. It can. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like some of my values, I know we talked about it the other day, I value commitment, Mm -hmm. discipline, consistency, Mm -hmm. going back to commitment, Mm -hmm. faith, heart, because those things together, like they help make up who Lamont Davis is. But Mm -hmm. it took years for me to find that out. And so when we talk about values, for me, commitment was the biggest one for me because I knew if I'm not passionate about it, I'm going to do the bare minimum. Mm. And that was an issue with me and my major was I wasn't passionate about it. I'm passionate about people. And then specifically, I'm passionate about college students Mm -hmm. or young adults because not everyone goes to college. Mm -hmm. But it took for me my five and a half years to discover all of my values. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about, like, how do you kind of discover that? Trial and error. Trial and error. And, like, when I say trial and error, it's, like, literally having conversation with yourself. And so I journal. I do. I have been journaling since 2015. I'm on, like, my eighth journal mm. at this point. And in that journal, uh, it allows paper? me to... Hmm? On paper or on your Yeah, on paper. Or? Well, actually, both. You can do... You can journal in many different ways. So mm-hmm. I journal on paper, personally, because that's mm-hmm. what works best for me. Mm-hmm. I like seeing my penmanship because it's, like, I can't make edits on a computer like a word document to my pen penmanship like I can't scratch stuff out but it's like I wrote this in whatever mindset emotions emotional state I was in but journaling allows for me to pause life and pause the moment Mm -hmm. allows me to see where my mental was at allows Mm -hmm. me to see where my history is at Mm -hmm. and then how I grow from it and Mm -hmm. so when we talk about trying to find those values, you have to have those three things I mentioned earlier. You have to be transparent with yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to be vulnerable with yourself. And then you have to have humility with yourself. And so when you're doing those three things, it comes to a point to saying, like, how bad do I really want to grow in life? Or mm-hmm. how bad do I really want to do this or get to this point in life? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. really, your values, it comes and it goes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your values will change. I used to really, I still do value relationships, mm-hmm. but the way I value my relationships have changed. And that's mm-hmm. due to interactions with people, um, mentorships, supervisors, colleagues, anyone on the spectrum. Um, but yeah, so journaling is something I would encourage for everyone. Mm-hmm. Whether it's in your phone or your notepad, you can do a video diary mm-hmm. or a video journaling, how I'll say it to some people. Mm-hmm. You just kind of have to do what's best for you, but definitely pick up journaling because that'll help you figure out those values and how to figure out how do you actually want to create a relationship with yourself? Because at the end of the day, you're the only one who can create a relationship with yourself. Definitely. Definitely. So you talked about the three things, transparent, vulnerable, and humility. Mm-hmm. Transparent as in you are completely honest? Or what do you mean by transparent? So with transparency, transparency is being able to see yourself for who you are. Mm-hmm. And so when I say who, see yourself for who you are, taking accountability for the actions and the choices that you make. And so being transparent to say, okay, 
you know what? I'm tired today. I'm a little annoyed. And I just feel like everyone is just getting on my nerve. Mm-hmm. So it can be a little bit of honesty, but transparency is saying, you know what? Well, you know, I didn't go to bed last night the earliest that I could have. And yesterday I had a long 14-hour day. Mm-hmm. And so the transparency in that moment is, is it really everyone else? Or is it that you just didn't give yourself enough time to rest and recharge? Mm. But transparency can also be, hey, like, I'm a little bit shy. And it makes me very uncomfortable to go into certain social situations, even though I know I want to get out and meet more people. Mm-hmm. So when you're building that relationship with yourself, the transparency and the vulnerability in that moment is that you know you're a shy person, mm-hmm. but you're being vulnerable enough with yourself to admit it. Mm-hmm. And then you're trying to figure out how can I step out of this? Mm-hmm. And so transparency is really just being able to see who you are in that moment. Mm-hmm. Now, the other side of transparency, though, is if you have some things that are not too good or not positive about your personality, mm-hmm. you need to be able to recognize that. And how you're able to recognize that is asking for feedback. And this mm-hmm. is a very sensitive thing for some people because of pride. Mm-hmm. I'm not a prideful person. If I'm wrong, I will admit I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Also, I tell people, if you are not sorry, do not apologize. That's just what I believe. And when I say do not apologize, don't don't apologize because I want you to apologize. Because at the end of the day, forgiveness is for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to forgive somebody and move and move forward in my life so that I can have peace. Mm-hmm. But I don't need you to apologize to me if you don't mean it. Because mm-hmm. if we have a, if we had a negative interaction and that was based off of your personality mm-hmm. and I would love an apology, but I'm not going to expect it from you mm-hmm. simply because it's not sincere and genuine. Mm-hmm. But looking inward, if it's someone recognizing some negative traits about themselves, mm-hmm. you need to ask for feedback. And I always tell people, ask for two family members, two friends, two colleagues, because all of those people see you in different lights and perspectives because of the environments they see you in. Mm-hmm. And you simply can say, hey, what are some things that you think I can improve on or that you notice that might not be the best personality traits? Mm-hmm. And when people tell you, it's up to you if you want to listen. Mm-hmm. And when they tell you, it's going to be pretty hard to hear because everyone is protective or sensitive in some way, shape, or form about their identity. Mm-hmm. But transparency is going to allow for you to say, dang, like this person sees this, or this mm-hmm. person said that I need to stop maybe talking about people too much. Mm-hmm. You might not recognize it, mm-hmm. but it's up for you if you want to take in that feedback and actually make the change. And so. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit about transparency. Mm-hmm. And vulnerability is mm-hmm. related to that. Is right. Being open to accept right. your shortcomings and humility is letting your pride go, which, right. which is interesting. And you've talked a lot about um, relationships with others, right? uh-huh. friendships or significant relationships or family relationships. How do you value relationships? And and you talk about meeting more n- new people too. Like mm-hmm. these all go go together to this big so to to they're all under a big umbrella called social life. So how how do you view this? Yeah. So for me, relationships I just view them as one thing, which is love, mm-hmm. and that's how I was raised by mm-hmm. my parents. Is that you know. 
you might not always enjoy someone's company or you might not always get along with somebody, but you can always give love or you can always teach someone in love. And so that's how I was taught with my two older siblings. That's how I was taught with my cousins or family members. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really start acting on it until I went to college because I will say for me, I'm very highly emotional. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn how to control my emotions because... (laughs) I had to learn how to not be so reactive to people Mm -hmm. because people would do things to me and I'm ready to go tit for tat. (laughs) And I'm like, one, you can't go tit for tat with everybody because it's not healthy. It could put you in a dangerous environment. Mm -hmm. But two, being petty, it does not give you any type of like award at the end of the day. It doesn't bring any type of good blessings into your life. And so once I started realizing, like, what my purpose was, I had to find myself back in that nature versus nurture situation to say, Mm -hmm. I know what I need in terms of an environment, so nature. But the nurturing part, I had to go back to my roots, how I was raised to say, my parents always said, lead in love. Mm -hmm. Like, have a peace, like, you know, have a peaceful day. Mm -hmm. Because it really comes from you first. And so... When we talk about building relationships with people, that's why I help people say build a relationship with yourself first because Mm -hmm. it's emotional intelligence. You have a relationship with yourself, relationship with others, and then relationships with the environment. Mm -hmm. And so all of those have to come from you first. And when you give out love and abundance just because, so many more blessings, and I'm a spiritual person, so many more blessings come back to you in turn in ways that you don't even imagine. I'm not talking like financial gain not talking like material possessions sometimes it's literally just getting the things that you want Mm -hmm. times 10 and Mm -hmm. so it's like dang like how am I gonna be able to get to New York for my internship and so I was having a very stressful semester and then just randomly one of my cohort members she had called me Courtney and her family they had blessed me with buying my plane ticket to get to New York and it was expensive because of COVID prices And I was happy and I felt blessed because it's like I wasn't asking for that. I just kept on loving every day and treating people with love. And so not necessarily in a sense of like doing it with the intention of something coming back. But I was believing. I was like, how am I going to pay for my plane ticket? I'm like Mm seven hundred something dollars right now because of COVID prices. (laughs) But it's just unexpected things like that. When you give with love into the relationships that are around you, Mm -hmm. things just happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't question those things mm-hmm. because I believe what you put out comes back to you. Mm-hmm. So that's why we talk about that transparency, humility, and vulnerability because if you're giving out nasty energy or you're going tit for tat, that tit for tat is going to come back to you. And mm-hmm. best believe when it comes back to you, it's going to be in a way that you didn't ask for and mm-hmm. it's going to give you a headache. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a conversation about maturity And so relationships, they start with just giving love and just continuing to give love because you want to do it. Don't do it just because. Do it naturally. Naturally. So you you give out love to everyone? Yeah, in in certain ways and shapes and forms. In different shapes and forms. So, I mean, giving out is is nice and you, you receive back, but do you still keep like a close group of people that you uh, love the most you're saying yes definitely and so connecting that with relationships i know yeah. we talked about this a little bit off uh the podcast but 
definitely there has to be like some type of memberships to your life in a sense because you have to protect your energy your peace you have to protect all that goes into you because with giving it can be very tiring and draining and so you have to understand who to give to and so when i say in different shapes and forms i always like i was talking to one of my cohort members back in texas and i'm like I'll always say good morning or good afternoon to my cohort members Mm -hmm. because to me that's giving love. I'm acknowledging that I see them Mm -hmm. like, hey, good afternoon or hey, afternoon, if maybe one of us is not having the best day. Sometimes just acknowledging somebody can be enough. Mm -hmm. But like that's just a general thing. But for me, when it comes to like that membership piece, truly and honestly, truly and honestly, like my family, they are in their own category. But like when it comes to friends, I will let people know quick, like, I believe there is a difference between friends and acquaintances. Mm. And so for me, I always re- I read the book my sophomore year in college, Letters to a Young Brother by Hill Harper, and he talks about friends versus acquaintances. And so for me, I truly do have, like, six best friends Mm -hmm. that I have accumulated over my lifetime of 26 years. Mm -hmm. And it's because we have learned and grown from with each other. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't always been good. It hasn't always been bad. But we have found a way to come to a common ground and celebrate with one another or learn with one another. Mm -hmm. And so those six people, they know what it means to be one of my best friends. Like, personally, I don't use that bestie word. I don't. Like, Mm -hmm. it's it's a common trend here now, and I'm not judging people who do. But for me, I'm very intentional in the word choices that I use or give to people or titles. And for me to call you my best friend, like, you genuinely have so much access to me or so much love for me that I don't give to everyone else. Mm -hmm. It's only for those select six people. But I also have close friends. I have regular, I have, like, just friends. My mentees, they're, like, in a very, if you want to say, like, cross-intersecting category between friends and mentees because I'm like I'm not going to title you my mentee like I might say it on a comment on our post or whatever but it's like I will genuinely check on you because we're just friends and whatnot Mm -hmm. but you have to in a sense like be able to define where you can give out love and how you can give it out because some people will take advantage of that Mm -hmm. and I had to learn that through my collegiate years that I cannot give out the love that I want to everybody Mm -hmm. because that's when they started to take advantage of me and I had to learn that I was also letting them take advantage of me Mm -hmm. so that's that vulnerability piece for me to say dang I don't like this feeling like I'm tired but I don't want to change who I am and the transparency behind it is saying that okay there's two sides to this Mm -hmm. I'm letting them take advantage of me And then also, I don't need to be giving them this love because they're taking advantage of it. Mm -hmm. So it works both ways. But at the end of the day, when it comes to those relationships, I do believe you have to have boundaries. And people only don't like boundaries because you're not allowing them to let them treat you how they want to treat you. Mm -hmm. So how do you find the right friends? Or how did you sort of meet your best friends? I'm not saying like... Well, I mean, for everyone, it's different. But, like, how did you sort of know that a person is the right person? Is it values? Is it a certain type of vibe? Is it what you guys do together? And what clicked to make you feel that 
those are right relationships and those are relationships that you want to mm-hmm. keep and maintain it's a good balance of all of that definitely like what do you value mm-hmm. because you can I can at least I can't speak for everybody I can be cordial with a lot of people because I'm good for saying I'll agree to disagree I don't have no problem telling somebody like we can continue to have conversation but I'm like I'm just going to let you know I agree to disagree I've said it to supervisors I've said it to professors I've said it to friends people don't like it but I'll say it Um, but using an example in a setting of college for instance Mm -hmm. like it definitely is environment like just as much as you want to go out to party with someone Mm -hmm. they should want to study with you they should or I'm not going to say they should but if like my friends we found balance we would party we would study we would have chill nights we would go on trips together mm-hmm. they also would hold me accountable if i was acting a fool mm-hmm. and so that's where those values come into place mm-hmm. but also i feel like a lot of the a lot of it is time mm-hmm. we want to rush into these intimate relationships or these friendships because of what social media is deeming to be the standard of where you should be at, how your life should look. Exactly. And so people are so quick to say, oh, I want to just have this close-knit friend group. No, like, my best friends and I, to be honest, in my opinion, they would not have clicked together if I did not put them on the same space at some Mm -hmm. point. And even at that, it took me a while to make my, not even to make, to engage all my best friends with each other. And that probably didn't happen maybe till two years ago. Mm-hmm. And they all came together and surprised me, except for one. She couldn't make it out. My 25th birthday, they had all came out together to surprise me for my birthday. They had flew in one of my friends from New Orleans. And so it's moments like that where you just take time to build each relationship genuinely. And for me, now my best friends, we can be a group together if we wanted to. But to me, it's like... We're separate in our relationships to where if they wanted to hang out together, they could. But they and me, I know where the common factor is, is myself. But going back to people, time is so crucial because don't rush relationships. Mm-hmm. Don't rush friendships. And also, sometimes we're only meant to be in someone's life for a season. Mm-hmm. So I've had people who I thought were going to be best friends, but then naturally we just maybe sep- separated Maybe there was a fallout. I admit that I've done some people wrong. Mm -hmm. Some people have done me wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's where that friendship tore apart, Mm -hmm. and then you move forward. But values definitely play a role into deciding who your friends are. Mm -hmm. Conversation. I'm big on observing, like, how do you talk about yourself? How do you talk about your family? How do you talk about other people that you socialize with? Mm -hmm. Because if you talk in left, right about your mama or rah-rah, whoever the case like i'm gonna mind my business because your business is your business so i don't know what people's upbringings are like or how people were treated but at the same time it's like okay like if you're saying you love this person so much that this is the person who you hold dearly to your heart but you cussing up a storm about them to me talking about you can't stand them and i get people irritated but it's like you just talking to anyone and everyone all day every day like to me i don't want that energy in my life And so it goes back to before you can have relationships with friends or a significant other, that's why I always go with that, starting out with yourself. And once you find out that relationship with yourself, then you'll be able to bring about who do you want in your friendship circle that will either match or complement that. Mm -hmm. But also you have to understand when I say with time, 
you have to adjust with time. So who I am at 26 is not who I'm, I was at 21. Mm-hmm. So when people say, oh, like you might, you're different. Yeah, I'm different. What you mean? I'm I'm near thirty now. <laughs> like yeah, I'm different. Like I don't have the same leeway to just joke around or fool around like I used to. And so, oh, yeah. my friends and I that are still around, like we understand that life happens. But it's like, how are we gonna be there to support one another through life, and then also realize accountability of our friends by saying like, we can get through this together. And so, before I'm just like keep it clear and concise for this one. First thing when it comes to making friends, you need to make a relationship with yourself. Like we said it earlier. Yeah, like you, you know who you are and you know your own set of values and you spend a lot of time with yourself first. Right. And know what you want before finding out people. Because I feel like when you are with a bunch of people, other people, they can define who you are if you aren't sure. And then it could lead you to the wrong direction. Right. So you would say have that strong relation with yourself first through journaling and through thinking and through what other measures would you? So the journaling, the reflective thinking, and then also if you have the opportunity to find someone who is older than you, you don't don't have to necessarily call them a mentor, but finding that mentorship Mm -hmm. and asking questions. One thing I'm good for every year in February when my birthday is coming up on March 28th, I will meet random people or I will talk with older individual, older individuals in my life and I will ask them. So like next year I'm turning 27. So I'll be like, hey, what advice would you give to yourself when you were 27? Hmm. And I'll do that for a whole month with anyone I meet who is older than me. Just because I want to know like, what didn't you know when you were about to turn 27? And so that's what I call like general conversation. It's not even necessarily mentorship but I'm taking the opportunity to learn from people. And so when it comes to that third aspect of mentorship, it is important because mentorship is just like leadership though. Mm-hmm. It's a spectrum. You have to be aware of who you're asking information from because if we look at leaders in history, we have some very influential leaders. And I'm not saying that on a positive or a negative note, they have influence. And so whether, it's somebody doing something for good or someone doing something for a negative cause, Mm -hmm. they had an influence behind them. So when you are going about looking to people and you're thinking so highly of them, I say, one, you need to reflect. I don't look highly of a lot of people because I don't expect a lot out of people because it only leads to disappointment when you find out who they truly are, if possible. Mm -hmm. But you have to say, does this person meet the qualifications or the requirements in my life of somebody I want to learn from? And so for me, like I said, with friendships, like, how are you talking about people? Mm-hmm. If this person is up here when they get in an argument with their girlfriend, talking trash about their girlfriend on social media, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Because then I'm like, what's going to make me different if I'm just a friend? You talking about your whole girlfriend on social media and then y'all perfectly fine the next day. And so that's why when it comes to that mentorship piece for the third one, really take an observational eye to like see Mm -hmm. who people are and how they interact. And then from there you can decide, okay, let me ask this person some questions and how do they respond? And then sometimes I've actually had people officially be like, hey, I want you to mentor me. 
And from there, I'm like, well, mentorship is a two-person relationship. So Mm -hmm. we need to have a conversation about what you're looking for and then what I'm able to give or bridge you to Mm -hmm. to make sure this is a fit for both of us. Mm -hmm. Then I have some people, they just want to have conversation. Mm -hmm. Meaning like, hey, can I just like reach out to you every now and then, et cetera, et cetera. Because mentorship for me is intentional. Mm-hmm. The students who I mentored, we've literally come up with like actual plans. Mm-hmm. All of my mentees, I have given journals to because I'm like, this is something you need to try. Mm-hmm. Other people, I just offer them as an option. I'm like, try it. Mm-hmm. But it just depends how you see it. But definitely with mentorship, be aware of who you're asking mm-hmm. and kind of take caution to say, is this somebody I want to mentor me? But mentorship is a positive interaction that can make you better. Mentorship, mentorship finding your mentors yes definitely um i mean we talked a lot about relationships and all, all kinds of things i i just i because like i was listening to kobe right the other day he talked about how he would only find himself mentors and things that he he, he didn't really like have friends so to say but he would find mentors find you know he has wife and kids and all those kind of things he has those kind of special connections but he doesn't really value friendship so what do you think friendship can bring so for me i feel like friendship can bring community and community matters for real at least it matters to me because i feel like everyone wants to belong Mm-hmm. And in my field of study, we talk a lot about sense of belonging, mm-hmm. mattering, and marginality. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we talk about community, it helps to bring about those relationships and friendship, but also it brings about mentorship. Mm-hmm. But another thing community brings is accessibility. Mm-hmm. And so when you have accessibility, you might have equitable resources that you might not have had on your own. And for a lot of students of color or for a lot of first-generational students, women, LGBTQ students, whatever the case might be, and where you might fall in your own self-identity, that community piece can be very important because mm-hmm. community isn't just necessarily finding mentorship. Mm-hmm. Community is being able to find peers who can help support you there in the journey where you're at, where your mentors, they've either been there or they've had individuals who have been there that they can converse with you about that they have not. Mm-hmm. And so friendship, for me, it's important to have community. You want to have those people be there with you when you get to the top because it's not lonely at the top. What happens is if it's lonely at the top, you burn bridges with people to get up there. But when you bring up your team, your friends, and like you have people who you're actually giving those exclusive membership deals to, to where like for me i share with my friends all the time like for instance when i found out i was interning here at cornell i told them right away i told probably like what was it my close family my best friends some mentees who we always keep in contact with that was probably like 20 people after that i didn't say nothing about my internship to cornell including my uh, cohort really i told them because we was all sharing but i wasn't going to say anything until i got to ithaca and from there, that's when I let the world know, like, yes, were they happy for me? Cool, yes, I appreciate the celebration. Mm-hmm. But what matters to me is first celebrating myself, mm-hmm. giving praise to God. And then after that, what does my community think? In my community, we celebrated back in March. 
but the world celebrated here, me here in Ith or June. Yeah, June. And I'm not saying like celebrated in terms of like I'm some celebrity, but in terms of like me sharing what's going on in my life. Because for me, I don't value likes. I don't value comments. Like I'm going to give love. And then what I would love in return is genuine love back. And I know those 20 to 30 something people, they give me genuine love. So to answer the question, definitely it has to be community. Mm-hmm. That's what friendship brings. Mm-hmm. Because you can have mentorship, you can have family, but your friends, they help round out that community aspect for you because they're the ones that are going through it with you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, and those, well, say 20, 30 relationships, they, are, are they all like connected together or is it separate? You have one special connection with each person. Uh, each one I definitely have an individual specialized connection with, mm-hmm. but it's all interwoven together through mm-hmm. life. And when I say life, just where I've been. So whether it's from my hometown, like obviously my family's my family. My best friend Amir, we both met in eighth grade in choir. Um, my oldest friend, Drew, we met in second grade. He used to bully me. <laughs> and honestly, I couldn't tell you how we got past that. All I just know is that he's one of my greatest friends to this day. My friend Daniel, we met in middle school. And then he knew Drew and I, Daniel and I, we had a separate class together. Then I think it was like seventh grade. We all realized we knew each other. So that's how the three of us had became friends. Mm -hmm. My friend Sheree, or my best friend Sheree, we had met going into freshman year of college. Our parents actually tried to get us the room together Mm -hmm. because we was at an kind of like a incoming freshman orientation and our parents was talking and they had brought us over to each other they they enjoyed conversation with each other and they was like oh yeah Lamont this is Sharif Sharif this is Lamont they was like y'all should be roommates and I looked I was like I do not know this man I'm like y'all trying to connect me with him but he ended up being one of my greatest friends to this day too Mm -hmm. Um, my best friend Michaela we met when I was a sophomore she was a freshman we lived in the same hall. Well, we lived in the same neighborhood at mm-hmm. Michigan State Brody neighborhood. And then my friend Chantel and I, we both started having friends who were friends with each other. Mm-hmm. But then we started talking to each other because we was working on like committees with each other, like Martin Luther King and whatnot. And so it is a specialized connection, but like all of them are interwoven throughout the communities that I travel to in life. Mm-hmm. And so... For me, that's how I create, like, these relationships to be, like, oh, my best friends, my friends, my mentees slash friends, or, like, Mm -hmm. there's my close friends, and my close friends, like, the difference between them and my best friends is that simply everyone can't be my best friend. But I communicate that. I'm, like, it's nothing against you. And it's, like, you could be a best friend in some years, but, like, I tell them, I'm, like, it takes time for me. And I communicate those to people. And, like, the thing is, if people understand it, then that's how we continue to build if people don't understand it. I just know it's not a great fit for us. Every puzzle piece can't go in the same place. And so I just learned to accept it, and then you move forward and you adjust what's best for your life. So you think those relationships will help you become, uh, get to where you want to be? Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah. Hmm, definitely. Because... Um, I, I, I was think I was thinking about this topic a few days ago, and I was thinking of how, um, 
I, I mean, mean, I guess, guess friendship, friendship does help and uh, all those things does help, but then I feel like when when you are really working towards what you want, it, it's, it's kind of hard and you have to make a lot of sacrifices and you have to, like, kill a lot of relationships. Not, not kill, but, like, you have to let go of a lot of relationships and it's kind of hard to do that. And it's, it's kind of like trying to find the balance. So, so would you say you would find your direction first and find people that can help you get there and then build those connections instead of other way around um i'm gonna say everyone is different Mm -hmm. and so it depends on the relationship and so mentorship is going to work different than friendship because Mm -hmm. people who are your mentors they can potentially be friends but you're seeking expertise knowledge experience from them that you're looking to gain Friendship, in a sense, is kind of like relationships. It's just it's not intimate. And I'm going to just put it out. This is not the friendship where people be talking about FWBs or anything like that. Like, we're talking genuine, just friends, like keeping it to the books. And because what people struggle with, in my opinion, is that, one, you have to focus on communication. Mm -hmm. And that's where I communicate to people, like, no, like, I have six best friends. Like, I appreciate you calling me your best friend, but, like, it's it's not we're not there yet we could potentially be there one day the second one is comprehension you need to listen more than you speak and that's the first thing i feel like people miss out on is because everyone wants to be heard but no one wants to listen and so when you have that communication when you have that comprehension then you can get to the third one which is compromise it can't be all about you like, I can't vent to you, and then when you need me, when you need to vent to me, I can't be like, I'm busy all the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I might just be busy, and I might say, hey, I can't talk right now. But a friend is going to say, I'm going to get back to you when I can. And then maybe it's, I call you tonight at 10 o'clock when I get off of work or whatever the case might mm-hmm. be. And so that's the thing that I feel like a lot of people struggle with is they expect too much of people and sometimes you might expect something of someone that they might have never been able to give to you in the first place mm-hmm. and so that's where that communication piece lies first and don't fall in, don't fall in love with the ideal of what someone can be look at what they're offering right now mm-hmm. how is that going to support you right now mm-hmm. and so that's where I just kind of say you have communication comprehension and you have compromise and that can really help you to see that friendship is going to take time and patience, but it's going to be well worth it mm-hmm. in helping you to get to your direction or your goals, mm-hmm. but also you can get there on your own. It just depends on what you value in life. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I do value relationships, but it's like mm-hmm. how I stated earlier, I had to reevaluate my relationship with myself to understand the relationships I value have to be very selective. Mm-hmm. Because if I just give out to everyone everything I have exactly. there's not going to be anything left of me and then you're going to be tired at the end of the day, every single day right and I tell people then you're going to become the Grinch you're going to be like hate 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 loathe entirely that's one of my favorite quotes from Jim Carrey's uh, Grinch what, is, what does it mean so there's a movie called the how the grinch stole christmas and so mm-hmm. basically he was just treated terribly as a child like he he had love from his parents but people hated him for the way that he looked because he was green and furry so he had ran away to this mountain way up in the like top it was cold everything he grew up with all this hate in his heart 
when really he was just looking to be loved and accepted. And so I tell people, I'm like, if you give and you give and you give to the wrong people, you're going to turn into a Grinch because he literally hated everybody. (laughs) But it's like he had a reason, but nobody showed him love and compassion from his peer group or the rest of Whoville. And so it's like, it's these little simple books like Dr. Seuss. Um, And there's other examples I can give. But it's like, if you're going to get to this point to where you have trust issues with everyone, Mm -hmm. you're not going to live a happy life. And I understand people hurt you, but Mm -hmm. that's where you have to evaluate to say, if this person hurt you, why did they hurt you? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you deserved it, but I'm Mm -hmm. saying sometimes we have to look and say, dang, like there was a red flag. I did not see that red flag. Mm -hmm. But now you're aware it doesn't mean the next time you find a new guy or new girl, you shut them off immediately. It means you communicate, you comprehend, you compromise how you need to, but then when those red flags come up, that's when you start communicating and you say, hey, I don't like when you talk to me like that. And then you be specific to say, you told me to shut up and all I was trying to do was just ask you, what did you want? Mm-hmm. Just a random example. Mm-hmm. You have to voice and communicate the problem that you're having. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, some people don't understand what you have an issue with because you're not vocalizing it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like rounding it about back to with a little analogy about the Grinch. But definitely just have to be aware of how you're giving that love and how you're giving it in relationships. You have to be selective for that. Right. You have to prioritize specific people. Exactly. And... Build those specific connections. Yeah, and it takes time. It takes time to find those people, right? It does. Like, those six people, literally, let's see, second grade, I don't even know, what is that, eight years old, seven years old? So, somewhere around there, that's the earliest I met Drew, and my most recent best friend probably was 2017 we met. And it's like, now it's 2022, going on 2023, so it's like, and that's six. So that's literally probably like 12, 13 years right there. I'm not good at math, so I don't know if I did that right. <laughs> but <laughs> but you, you still keep, keep in touch and stay in touch with them. Oh, yes. We, we keep in touch often. Like, I will say I haven't been keeping in touch the best since I've been here at this internship. Mm-hmm. But, like, we keep in touch. Like, I definitely reached out. We know, I, I'm one... I will geek my friends up every year on their birthday. That's one thing about me. People have said, Randall, they're like, oh, I don't like to post people for their birthday because they don't post me. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a post who I want to post. So, like, my best friends, I, it doesn't change my love for them if they don't post me on my birthday. Like, when it comes to their birthdays, I'm going to geek them up because this is my friend. Like, I love them. And, like, that's how I show my love for them, and they understand that. And I understand how they show their love for me. And none of it is fake how some people will say. It's just we understand how we like to give love. Like me, I give out plenty of like words of affirmations and whatnot. But if you were to ask me what is my love language, like the official five, my official one is quality time. Like I value spending time with people. That's why I can give 30 minutes to an hour with a student if they want to. Or it might be in terms of like, you know what? I just want to sit on the phone and talk and like just be with my friend. We don't have to talk sometimes. My best friends and I, we would do that. We'll just sit on FaceTime with each other, not even talking. That's how we that's how it works for us though. Mm-hmm. So goes back though to that communication, 
comprehension and compromise because we've had these conversations since I met them. So we understand each other and how to make each other feel fulfilled in our friendships. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I feel. Yeah, after listening to that, I feel it's really powerful to find those deep connections. Because I feel like with, with, um, with especially, I don't know, in high school, when I was, for me, in high school, and with digital, social media, everything, well, sort of, is becoming a little more superficial mm-hmm. and whatnot, those kind of things. But it it's kind of hard sometimes to maintain those deep connections, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then you might be distracted, you might be off track, and you might be pulled to all kinds of places. And it's sometimes hard to, to find those people. But, but like... But like, so, so would you, you say, say the best way to, to find, find those people, people is to keep searching, searching and when you find, find them, just stay committed? Yeah. Um, regarding high schoolers and any high schoolers out there, nobody has it all figured out. Mm. Nobody knows who they are mm-hmm. in college. Nobody has it all figured out. Nobody knows who they are. Still today, in mid-20s, adulting, one, is ghetto, and two, Nobody has it all figured out or knows exactly who they are. It's an ever-growing process of change. And in high school, I feel for y'all because you all are so young. You have social media putting all these expectations on your body in terms of what men like, what women like, non-binary, et cetera, sexual orientation, race. We have all these issues going on in our country. And so for someone your age to have access to this through social media, You haven't even had a chance to have a conversation or learn how to have a conversation with yourself because sometimes self-reflection and self-identity is not a household conversation. Mm. And there's many things that go into that. And so when you talk about high schoolers trying to find genuine friends, it is very much possible. I do believe in it. It just Mm. takes a lot of communication at your age, which can be difficult for most and I'll even say it can be difficult for more guys than girls. And so with high school, I say you really have to give yourself time and patience. But it doesn't mean you're just off guard to everyone or you're not committed. Like, just take people as they come or hang out with people socially. Step out of your comfort zone a little bit if you're able to. But I really say in college, college is an opportunity for you to take advantage of saying, like, If I'm in a class of 600 people, and I use this example because, and it's not even 600, excuse me, it's like 300. I had talked to a former mentor at this point, and I was like, you know, I'm struggling in my econ class. And he was like, well, why don't you go study with someone? I said, all my friends are busy. He was like, well, how many people are in the class? And I was like, six, I was like 300. And he was like, how many friends do you have in the class? I was like, maybe five, six. I was like, a good study group, maybe 10. He was like, you telling me you don't have not one person you can go up in there and go talk to for five seconds and ask them, do they understand something in the class that you both are taking? (laughs) And I was like, I mean, when you put it like that, yeah, I can talk to somebody, but it's like, do I want to? He's like, it's not about what you want. And that's where we was talking about earlier, like, can your friends help you on the direction that you want to go in life, sometimes it's not saying a friend. It's just saying they can be a colleague, an associate. Mm -hmm. There's 300 people in that class. I can step out of my comfort zone to introduce myself and talk to somebody and say, hey, 
do you understand microeconomics? Mm -hmm. Do you understand GDP, all these things, et cetera, et cetera? I think that goes into economics. It's been years since I took it. And when he said that to me, that's when I really took being a business major. And this is just me personally. I think everyone should take some type of business course in college, some type, business communication, general business, just to help you understand. Because I feel like I'm not saying you have to stay traditional business ways, but a lot of things for business just made sense for me in life skills. And I'm talking specifically about networking. And this is how I started to socially get to know a lot of students on campus because I started remembering people's names with their faces. I'm terrible with names. I'll remember a face all day long. And I started to create a rule for myself. I said, if I see someone twice, then, and I did not speak the first time, I will speak to them the second time and ask them what their name is and be like, hey, like, what's up? Like, I seen you before over at Dixon Hall. Like, what is your name? And you'll say Channing. And then I'll say, okay, like, I'm Lamont, or in your case, Coach Davis. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, there's no reason I'm in the same environment as you every Tuesday and Thursday, Monday and Wednesday, and I don't ask what your name is. And so I started doing that because this mentor had exposed me to this. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started networking across, which is our peers and community, Mm -hmm. well, building that community. And I started building friends, or I started building colleagues because I would just get to know people and then they'd be like, oh yeah, like you trying to go study? So my study group went from five to six people to now I have about five to six people that I can work with daily, but I have now 30 out of that 300 that I can access and meet with when those five or six aren't able to meet with me. Mm. So that's why to me it's like, just gotta talk to people and college is a place to do it. High school, you can do it, but it's like everyone goes in different directions afterwards. You don't need college to be successful, but if you choose to go to higher education, whether it's private, public, small institution, large institution, talk to people. Even talk to the workers there. I talk to the people in the cafeteria all the time. I eat there three times a day. (laughs) Like, I'm gonna say, hey, what's up, Jen? Hey, what's up? Like, that's just me though, and those are just some things that can help you. But referring back to high school students, y'all just have to be patient and graduate. That's really what I tell people, like, You'll probably have some friends that you keep in touch with at the high school, but like, I feel like your most memorable friends, if you allow yourself to take the opportunity, you'll find after high school. After. Truly and honestly, yes. So like, I have my three, I have my, I have my three best friends, and I have about maybe eight to ten close friends from high school that I interact with. But like, out of the out of them all, like Daniel and Drew are the ones that I interact with on a weekly basis mm-hmm. or a daily basis. Like those are my bros, those are my best friends. I know some people they have a high school friend group that they still interact with. That's great for them. Everyone is different, but like mm-hmm. for me, what I've seen in a common like common factor, if you have chosen to go to college and you give yourself the opportunity to get out and know people you have found the opportunity to find actual friends that do last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Would, Would you worry if you social too, so, uh, network, network too much that you s- spread out too thin? thin? Oh, yes, definitely. Because I feel like that's, that's an issue that goes along with networking. Mm-hmm. Because, well, for example, say just say this camp. When I came here, I tried to like network and also like, build a lot of connections, which I did, 
but the issue, only issue that comes with it is you would end up spreading up too thin, mm-hmm. and you would get lost in your tracks. And and how do you sort of find the balance between spreading out too thin and also maintaining good connections and also well finding those deep connections and staying committed and make sure they do the same thing back. Right. So everyone. Everyone has their different ways. Um, for me specifically, everything was not figured out overnight. Like me making that rule for myself, if I see someone twice, I'm going to speak. Like that probably took three and a half years for me to do. Mm-hmm. And I say that because one of my close friends, um, Marcus, we were both high school, not high school, we were both hospitality friend, hospitality majors. Mm-hmm. Mind you, hospitality business at Michigan State doesn't have that many black people in it, but it mm-hmm. doesn't have that many black men in it. We had class with each other every semester. Mm -hmm. And it came to year three, which was really like our senior year, because I think I want to say we started having classes sophomore year together, second year. Mm -hmm. And one day we just was like, what's your name? Like, it was was just that simple, because it's like, I always see you in my class. We both relate to each other because we're the same, same race and ethnicity. So it was just like why not talk to each other but for other people it's not necessarily like rushing and making it a big thing to say oh i'm socializing too much or maybe i'm going out too much what it is is a complex of free time versus freedom and so that's why when you come to college you have all the freedom in the world you can choose to go do your laundry you can choose to binge watch netflix you can choose to go to class you can choose to go work out that's freedom now, free time says you're in class from 9 to 12 o'clock. You need to eat. You need to study. You want to go play soccer. You want to go and talk to your family or friends. Whatever you think you need to prioritize. Once you've completed that daily list, you are left with free time to say, oh, like it's 7 o'clock. I've done everything I need to do. I'm going to go tune into Grey's Anatomy at 8 o'clock. Things like that. But it's saying, in terms of networking, it's the same thing. You don't have to network every day. But it's like I said, it doesn't take nothing to give love out every day. I can always say good morning or good afternoon. Doesn't mean true. doesn't mean I have to hold a conversation. And that's mm. where you have to communicate sometimes. Hey, I can't talk right now. Mm. Simple as that. And some people will be like, oh, why not? Gotta go. I, I, I'm going to class. You don't have to. You don't even have to explain it. In my opinion, it's like. I'm just not able to talk right now. Mm-hmm. Or I've told people before, I'm like, hey, I need to socially recharge. Mm-hmm. I get tired when I talk too much from people or I'm around people too often. Like, mm-hmm. I learned that. I was very introverted in high school. College, I wanted to stop being introverted and shy, so I started going out and being social. Mm-hmm. Then I became too social That's to so where I discovered that I get tired now from yeah. interacting with people too much. And then I realized, okay, I'm omnivert, which means basically like I'm introverted first, then I'm an extrovert. And so it's like now I know to the point I have a social battery at 26. And it's like I would love to be in my room in my apartment all day, and I prefer that. But it's like if I am going to socialize, I'm going to give myself this much time and energy to whoever I need to that day. Once that battery is met, I'm out. (laughs) And so sometimes you can't always control that, but it's experimenting and trying out things in life. So if you're networking too much or if you feel like you're spreading yourself too thin, 
then that's where you take a moment to pause, journal maybe a little bit, and you can start seeing the similarities and saying, okay, dang, like, I went to the football game on Saturday, I went to this program on Sunday, I went to this study session on Monday, Tuesday I went to this game night, Wednesday I went here, now Thursday I'm trying to go to a night party. Yeah, you're spreading yourself too thin. You have to start looking across and see what similarities you're having in your activities and your daily routines. And, and what, what you, you want. Exactly. And, and that's then where you look for the networking over there. Right. Because if you remember for me, that's when I go into my personal values. I know I'm committed to, let's say, using this example, let's say I'm committed to stop being shy. Mm-hmm. But also, once I've learned to not be shy, my other value is discipline. So now I'm saying, okay, I'm spreading myself too thin. I'm being too social. I need to pull back. That's discipline. Mm -hmm. And that's where that value kicks in. And so it's kind of like I look at it as superpowers, my values. They don't all have to work at the same time. But it's saying, what superpower do I need to use right now? And if I'm being too social, I need to discipline myself to say no. And it's hard. People don't want to hear it. I don't like saying it. But at the end of the day, I have to say it. So... Because you got your own things to do. Right. And then it's the same for the other way around, too. Exactly. Like, when when you are on too shy, you have to push yourself to the social Right. Yeah, because I, I totally relate to you. I, I used to be very introverted. Not very, but used to be pretty introverted. And then I realized I got to stop being like that. I pushed myself out of my comfort zone. Right. Started talking to people, and now here I am, which is on the other end of the spectrum, if you feel me. And then and now I'm trying to like push, pull myself back because I'm getting tired, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's very tiring. It is. Talk, talking to people is a lot. No, like, yeah. I mean, I enjoy talking in podcasts one-on-one. You know? It's kind of like a recharge for me in some ways, but... But, but it's, but but um, but, but yeah, it's like you you have, you have so many people around, and you know, in this in this setting, you just feel like com- kind of compelled to talk to people all the time. But I realize like, okay, maybe I am spreading myself too thin, so I'm trying to calm myself down and go to the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Not, not go to the other, end, but the finding the balance, like right. you said, finding out what my battery is, finding out who I really deeply connect with and then value those instead of yeah right and remember perfection is never the goal progress is the goal mm-hmm. that's a that's a good one perfection is not the goal progress is the goal and seeing those small improvement oh, that, that, that that's really that's a lot but it, it is really helpful I, I mean I'm trying to take notes there you go ahead. And and um, I'm keeping all these good stuff. Um, um, and I really I really appreciate talking to you. Hey, thanks and, for having me. That, that was really powerful to talk about. For, I mean, I had full list of things I want to talk about. We only dove into one, really, about building friendship connections and sort of like we summarize recap a little bit it's like first you have to have a strong self relation yes sir with yourself um and that comes with transparency vulnerability and um 
being humble, humility, right? Once you have that, you know, you, you can do that through journaling, um, mentorship. Uh, journaling, mentorship, self-reflection. And self-reflection, yeah, self-talk. Um, so you have a strong self-relation, you know what you value, and then you go out and you search for people of your similar values. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, you sort of go from there. And if you, and then it comes to the paradox of, not paradox, the, the problem of if, if you are being not social or if you're being too social. Right. And that's about finding the right balance. Right. And finding out your own personal battery and, and work accordingly to, with that. Right. And you, and you still feel that, um, building connections and friendships are still valuable because it makes you connected it makes you feel better yeah mental health and everything but at the same time it 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 can bring you values too like knowledge is everything mm-hmm. and helping you grow help you grow help your growth yes so so yeah and 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 learning to do subtractions and Additions is important too, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, like fi- cutting out the negative people and adding positive people and things like that. Yep. You have to protect your circle or your membership. Yeah. And and, and have your own memberships and everything and build deep connections. That was a lot, but um, hey, I, I really appreciate your talk. You know how long we've been here? No. <laughs> how does it feel like? Uh. I had to say probably what forty five minutes now. It's been one hour and almost fifteen minutes. Okay, so like thirty minutes. See, one thing about me, I love to talk. So like, I I don't even question the time. I'm just like, let me just roll with it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And and yeah, I mean, you did ninety nine percent of the talking. I was just listening, actively listening, and taking down notes. It's really helpful. Um, because for me right now in in my situation. I really needed this. Mm-hmm. I have been struggling with this a lot. You know, it's like, like on, 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 you know, when I feel good, on the days I feel good, when I feel recharged, I just want to go out and just be everywhere. And then, and then, yeah, be everywhere, you know, literally everywhere. Right. And then, boom, the battery's gone. And then I'll, and I'll, I'll come back and I'll be like, I, I don't know where I should go right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? I feel lost. Right, because because I did, I, did, I would spread myself too thin, but, but now, now it's like, like trying to find the balance, balance mm-hmm. of of having deep connections as well as you know you can go out and be nice to people every day. Right, but yeah, no, I I, I truly appreciate the talk and and yeah and, and at the end of the day, you know, me, you, everyone as human beings, we're, tr- we're still trying to grow. Exactly. To what we want. And what we want could be different than all of our friends. Right? Mm-hmm. But every, at the end of the day, everyone's there. Like, true friends, they understand you. And they acknowledge that. And they support that. Exactly. Yeah. I appreciate you having me. I enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah. It, it was really good. Oh, And for listeners, thank you all so much for listening. And I hope you learned a lot from... Coach Davis definitely did. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.